Welcome to the 6 Minute Abs podcast. My name is Abby, aka 6 Minute Abs, and I will be your host along this fitness and wellness journey. Join me as I share the ups and downs of my personal wellness ride and shed light on some exciting, adventurous, and at times outrageous health topics. The show does not intend to offer any medical advice. I only aim to provide entertainment and to inform. You should always consult a registered doctor before beginning any treatment or on any topic that concerns your physical and mental health and well-being. Furthermore, you will not achieve a full set of abs in six minutes. Believe me, I've tried. Hey babies, it's me, Six Minute Abs once again. And I am back this week with... A solo pod! Woo! <laughs> um, so anyways, guys, I'm long overdue for another book club um, episode. And since nobody wanted to go after maps, I thought now was a brilliant damn time. <laughs> no, I don't think it, that no one wanted to go after maps. I'm just joking with that. But yeah, guys, I thought I would take this opportunity to let you all know that for... I'd say the next about two weeks, it's going to be just you and I, just you and me. Obviously, with the holidays, it is quite difficult to get people um, in for interviews and so on and so forth. But nonetheless, you know, I look forward to spending some good time with y'all. I hope that everyone's having a good festive season and a holiday time. Um, I know that I am, so that's awesome. (laughs) But yeah, guys, without further ado, let's get straight into today's episode. I'm super excited about this, especially since I haven't done book club for a while, like I said. Um, And this week we are going to be doing The Greatest Salesman in the World by OG Mandino. Sorry, I always think that his name is Mandingo and it's really not, it's Mandino. So that's why I was like, what? But yeah, so apparently this guy has another stellar book out there called The Return of the Rag Picker, which I do need to read. But yeah, this is my only experience of OG Mandino and I must say it's been a good one. So first off, why did I choose The Greatest Salesman in the World? So initially I didn't choose it, it kind of chose me. (laughs) And I'll tell you why. So my big brother, Clint, decided to buy a copy of this book after reading it. He bought a copy for the whole family and he sent it to us and was like, you need to read this book, you need to read this book, wah, 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 wah. And at first I was like kind of skeptic because I'm not really a salesperson. (laughs) I'm actually a really terrible salesperson. I'm just like, oh, you don't want it. Okay, that's cool. Don't stress. (laughs) Needless to say, I was a horrible sales rep. But, you know, you find your feet in the world. Um, But, you know, it was such a short book. That's another thing I just need to put out there is it's incredibly short. So the last page, which is, you know, all dedications and stuff, doesn't have a number on it. So that's great. But anyways, yeah, it's about 111 pages long. So this is really like a good hour and a half read it's really nothing if you're a lazy reader like I am because you edit for a living (laughs) then you know there is an audible copy so Amazon audible that you can get your hands on but yeah so my brother sent this up 
I was like, oh, dude, it's so small. Let me just give it a try. And yay, thank goodness I did. Because it's actually a really, really flippin' cool book. So I thought, okay, Greatest Salesman is going to be about OG Mandino and how he's this super wealthy tyrant and what he did to achieve his success. And you know, like most of those self-help make it books, it's actually nothing like that. So I was like, whoa, all right, that's cool. And that's why I chose to make it part of book club because it's just, it's a really, really rad story. And that's the thing. Like I said, it's not one of those self-help step-by-step. This is how you do it. This is how you make money. You're going to be rich in six months. What, what? It's not one of those. It's actually a story. And I really appreciated that. So the story, um, I just found to be really like the, the reason, the main reason I chose it for book club is because not only, okay, it does give good sales techniques and whatever. However, it gives you really freaking good life lessons. And I mean, who isn't in need of some fantastic life lessons out there? <laughs> so yeah, those I really appreciated those two things. And hence, I've chosen it for y'all to go and read. So what is The Greatest Salesman in the World actually about? So I'm not really going to focus. I did say that it is a story, but I'm not going to focus so much on that. But nonetheless, so all that you need to know in short about what the book is about is it's mainly centered around the life of an eccentric old millionaire called Hafid and his bookkeeper who's called Eras um, Erasmus. So Hafid made a rash decision one day to part with all of his wealth that he's made throughout the years and to retire. And when I say part with his wealth, I mean like this oak. So it's set in the Middle East and Hafid had a lot of like caravans back then. And a caravan was known as, you know, like their jewels and their trade and spices and whatnot. And Hafid just decided one day, okay, done. I'm done with this. Give it to all of the managers of each caravan respectively. And he told Erasmus to do this and Erasmus nearly had a heart attack. Because <laughs> he just couldn't understand why Hafid had, you know, had this weird calling to do this. Um, then Hafid just kind of said to him, listen, come with me. I need to show you something on the sly. And he takes Erasmus to the tower of his home. And there was huge speculation about the tower because only Hafid could go in there. No one else. Do -do 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 -do. And now Erasmus is being led into the tower. And much to Erasmus's disappointment, there's absolutely freaking nothing in this tower apart from an old wooden box. And in the box, there are 10 scrolls, which basically are, you know, like their book to being the greatest salesman in the world. And then the rest of the story goes on to show how Hafid came upon these scrolls and why he didn't share the scrolls with everyone else and eventually he finds someone to bequeath the scrolls to eventually you know like he finds a worthy enough greatest salesman in the world spoiler alert it's not Erasmus <laughs> so sorry poor little bookkeeper you just got to be there to keep her feed you know company in his last few days 
But yeah, so the reason I don't want to focus so much on the story is because I actually want to focus on the scrolls and the, the teachings that they give. And because that's why I chose this book. So I, want, I don't want to waste time telling you about some old millionaire <laughs> in the desert who's getting rid of all of his caravans. So yeah, now we're going to get into what these scrolls actually are. So the scrolls actually, each of them come into play and, you know, you read it as though you are young Hafid reading them. And the first scroll appears in chapter eight. Um, so, yeah, basically, uh, the first scroll is all about the formation of good habits. And this chapter teaches everybody or the reader why good habits are actually so, so key to be successful. And it teaches you that the only difference between a successful and an unsuccessful person are their habits. So one has adopted good habits to achieve their goal, whilst the other was governed by poor habits. And this is so true. You know, you don't think about it, but in essence, our lives are governed by our habits and our routines that we've gotten into. And for me, a really important section of this chapter was um, a passage which I'm going to read to you now. And it said, I have surrendered my free will to the years of accumulated habits and the past deeds of my life have already marked out a path which threatens to imprison my future. Now, how freaking true is that? You know, how many of us are living as a slave to our habits and bad habits at that? Um, you know, for example, like your habit might be you wake up, you go to work, come home, you order dinner, done. And, you know, that's, there's nothing wrong with getting into a routine like that. Routine is really important. But getting into a bad routine where you're ordering dinner every night, that's going to just, I mean, I'm using that as an example because I used to do that. So first off, that habit is going to get you hellishly fat. <laughs> Take it from me when you know you're not ordering the salad on the menu, you're ordering the burger and stuff. And secondly, that's going to waste a ton of money that you don't really want to waste. But those were my habits and those are, were bad habits that I was living by and I was governed by every day because it was just my pattern. So, yeah, chapter, I want to say chapter one, but chapter eight, the first scroll, talks all about how to make good habits. And it tells, tells you that over the next course of the next nine scrolls, because there's ten scrolls in the box, um, over the course of the next nine scrolls, each of them will bestow a good habit upon you that you will need to adopt into your life. So, yeah, I just thought that that was really kind of like a kick in the gut. <laughs> Straight out the gates, it's like, okay, get rid of your bad habits and we're going to form new good ones. So I was like, whoa, okay, got my attention. So scroll number two obviously comes up in chapter nine and the purpose of this scroll and the first habit is I will greet this day with love in my heart. Um, so this chapter was a particularly difficult one for me. And that's because it teaches how in order to achieve success, we need to basically just love everything in the world, thine enemies included. <laughs> 
And I'm the kind of person that's very, very... I struggle to forgive people who've done me a dirty. Not a, like a little thing. I mean, if someone does something small that irritates me, I'm like, oh, whatever, cool, that's chilled. But big things, I struggle with forgiveness, with big things with people who just... Horrible people. So this one was a bit of a, a challenging chapter for me. However, you know, it's... It, it makes you think, okay, starting your day with love and being loving towards everything is very, very similar to a practice that I try keep in my life, which is to start my day with gratitude. So how different is it? Instead of, you know, it's just expanding that gratitude if you think about it, because instead of being like, okay, I'm grateful for X, Y, Z in my life, you can say, I love X, Y, Z in my life. And eventually you start with, the smaller things, so you start with saying, I love my dogs, I love my husband, I love my house. Then you can start the more challenging ones. Like, I love, you know, if if you're being challenged by your work. You can say, I love that I'm learning things from my job, which I can bestow in my later goals. Or, I love the fact that I'm getting paid for doing this work. I love that I'm still employed during COVID. <laughs> So, yeah, it's just about a perspective, I guess. And when you learn to love things, y you'll kind of accomplish a lot more than greeting someone with um, kind of like a bad attitude. So it's, it's, what's, it's that saying that goes, you attract more flies with honey than with vinegar. If you go to someone and you genuinely, like, just don't say that you love them because that's creepy. But if you go to someone with love in your heart and you're just like, hi, you know, this is my kind of thing. This is, I want to show you this. I want to, and you approach everything with a loving attitude. You're going to be received a lot better than if you go with a, a hardened heart. So that's what I took away from that chapter. Once again, as I said, very difficult for me because of who I am. But it's, it's a needed lesson. And I think that it's fan-freaking-tastic that that's scroll number two. Okay, so now scroll number three comes to us in chapter 10. And this teaches you, well, the, the message of this scroll is, I will persist until I succeed. And I think that's also a really, really um, important lesson for people is because as soon as we see the first sign of failure, immediately we just like, oh, nuts, I'm giving up, I'm throwing in the towel, I'm done. And that's also another thing that I have done in my life. The first, thi the first time I fail, I'm just like, oh, well, it's not worth it. Clearly, I'm not good at this. I'm giving up. And this chapter teaches you that, <laughs> listen, all successful people had to start somewhere. All successful people were novices in their field at some point. So you just have to persist until you succeed. And that is so important. You know, you find your goal, love your goal. Pursue that goal until you damn well make it a reality. Are you tired of looking like a frump when heading off to the gym? Are you stopping traffic with your outfit on your morning jog for all the wrong reasons? If you, like me, are tired of recycling your old promo t-shirts as gym wear, you need to take a look at Athleisure HQ range. These guys stock everything your gym bunny heart could want or desire. From fantastic leggings, which literally feel like a second skin, and trust me, they really, really do, 
to amazing gym wear for him, you can find it all here. For all you South Africans out there, isn't it great to know that these products are locally manufactured in Cape Town? But if you're an overseas listener, don't stress, they can organize international shipping just for you. All the designs at Athleisure HQ are nature inspired, leaving you feeling absolutely zen in your gear. I just picked up the Blossom Cropsy set and my gosh is it stunning. None of the garments have exposed elastic, which would leave your skin feeling irritated. In the same right, you won't have to worry about any irritating labels. All the usual label info is incorporated in the fabric. Furthermore, you can wash, wear and live in your garments without ever having to worry about them. You don't have to worry about them fading and you don't have to worry about them becoming washed out and dull. Go on, spoil yourself with these amazing products and get 10% off while doing so. Yep, you heard right. I managed to rustle up a code for all of my listeners to help you get the gear that's perfect for you. When you check out, use my code ABBY-A9F5KQ6G. That's ABBY-A9F5KQ6G. Once that's in, you're basically all set. So now go on, get, go! Go spoil yourself and look amazing in the process. So yeah, short and sweet on that chapter because I didn't struggle with it, so. (laughs) Then, okay, there's chapter 11, which is scroll 4. And this is a really, really cool chapter because the purpose of this is for you to understand that I am nature's greatest miracle. And often a lot of us are so just, you know, not kind to ourselves. We just hate on ourselves. We, we focus on all of our flaws, all of our shortcomings. We never focus on the fact that you are actually a freaking miracle in yourself and who you are. And there was one cha- uh, one chapter, no. <laughs> there was one like sentence in this chapter that really kind of just grabbed me by the heartstrings. And it says, I am rare and there is a value in all rarity. And that's something you need to remember. I mean, every single one of us, all, how many people are there in the world now? I think there's like 9 billion now. <laughs> but each of those 9 billion humans is different. Like, isn't that weird? All of us are different. All of us are rare. All of us are only ourselves. We are the only version of us that there is on this whole planet. And no one can ever take that away from you. And I found in this chapter, it's really cool. So the sentence, I am nature's greatest miracle, is repeated quite a lot through the chapter. And I think that's so important because it's like a reinforcing, you read a um, Bits of the chapter, then you say once again to yourself, I am nature's greatest miracle. Read the next section, I am nature's greatest miracle. It just kind of instills that belief in you. And I really, really appreciated that. Because all of us, like I said, we forget about how cool we actually are and what a freaking miracle our existence actually is. And this chapter reminded me of um, a saying that I've been seeing quite a lot lately. And I can't tell you, you know, word for word what the saying is, but I can tell you verbatim what it means. And (laughs) basically it's saying, 
if you have a calling to go into an overly saturated market, know that you know you are rare enough and you are unique enough to enter that market. So if you've got a calling to go into a certain field that is just completely overly saturated, something that a market that a lot of people are in, there's a reason you're being called there and you must listen to that reason and go. Because the way that you teach whatever that calling is calling you to, the way that you approach that topic is different to how, you know, Joe Blogs and the next one are approaching said topic as well. So just don't forget that you are nature's greatest miracle. Next up, we've got chapter 12 and scroll number five. I feel like I'm a game show host with that. <laughs> and this chapter is my damnedest favorite chapter because it like really, really just kind of hit me in the feels hard. And basically the, the lesson of this chapter is I will live this day as if it were my last. And that's a really important thing for me because if you're new to the podcast, I have mentioned this in passing a few times. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I have mentioned that I have broken my neck and yeah, so basically when I did that, I was in a really critical condition. It was a 50-50 whether I'd live or die. No one knew. One day I'll tell the whole story about that. But after that accident, I was just like, oh my goodness, you know, I need to kind of embrace life and <laughs> just be more of a yes man to everything and go for things because you never know when you're going to be here and when you're not. So the fact that this chapter focuses on living every day to the fullest just kind of really rang true with me because that's what I try to do in my life. And I was just like, yee, hell's yeah, I will live this day as if it is my last day. So basically, this chapter is telling you, don't wait, act now, which comes back in the book. But yeah, it's telling you to just appreciate every day, embrace every day, act every day. Don't be the person who's like, okay, I'm going to start my diet tomorrow. Or, okay, I'll start that business in the new year. Okay, I'm going to wait to make the new year's resolutions and then I'll reach that goal. Do it now. Like, start now. <laughs> That's what I believe. Live today like it's your last freaking day on this planet and love it. Because who knows? Who knows when you're going to be and when you're not. Now, with chapter 13, we've got scroll 6. And this one is also a particularly difficult one for me. And something that I personally need to work on almost every day. <laughs> and that is, I am the master of my emotions. Yes, guys, I am a very, I'm a huge slave to my emotions still. I am trying to work through them and, you know, become the master of my own mind. But still, you know, there's some days where I'm just like, I'm bad. I'm not going to do anything. <laughs> so, yeah, this chapter was so freaking important to me. And, you know, one that I will still read day after day and be like oh, it's so hard to just do that to just become the master of your emotions and not let your emotions rule you but there was one really cool passage in this chapter that I just thought you know if we can do this if we can do these things you know we'll get through all of the emotions that we could be faced with 
And I'm going to read that to you now. So it starts with, if I feel depressed, I will sing. If I feel sad, I will laugh. If I feel ill, I will double my labor. If I feel fear, I will plunge ahead. If I feel inferior, I will wear new garments. If I feel uncertain, I will raise my voice. If I feel poverty, I will think of the wealth to come. If I feel incompetent, I will remember past success. If I feel insignificant, I will remember my goals. Today, I will be the master of my emotions. And why I thought it's important to read that part is because it's so true. Everything in there is so freaking true. You know, if you're feeling inferior, wear new garments. You know, so like if you're feeling really crappy, that's the one thing that my mom always told me when I was having a bad day. Put on your best lipstick and your highest heels and go out. You know, if you're feeling shoddy or inferior or small, wear something that makes you feel awesome and you can take over the world. If you're feeling uncertain, this is something that a lot of us, you know, don't do. No one asks. People are so afraid to ask because they're scared to look stupid. So, you know, instead of getting clarity on something, a lot of people still bumble around like idiots because they're scared of looking like idiots. So it's just like, oh my goodness. Um, one of the sections that are bolded in this, which is really, really true to my life and important to me, is if I feel incompetent, I will remember past successes. And that's so important. You know, because all of us go through those phases where we're like, oh, I'm not where I want to be in my life. I haven't achieved the things I want to do or my, my goals are taking too slow to achieve. And basically, you just need to stop and be like, whoa, <laughs> I've actually achieved quite a lot in my time. And when you do that, once again, it's gratitude, being grateful for all of the past successes you've had. Once you can look on your past successes, you can be like, whoa. <laughs> I've actually, I'm actually a really kind of formidable person and good on me. So yeah, that chapter is difficult for me be because obviously to master my emotions is quite hard, but it's such a deep, good chapter. Okay, next we've got chapter 14 with scroll number seven. Uh, <laughs> this is, uh, the way it's worded is so funny. So Initially, you start reading this chapter and immediately the first thing it says is, I will laugh at the world. And initially when I read that, I was like, that's kind of mean. <laughs> Don't be laughing at anybody, you know. But it actually doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean go forth and be an ass who just wants to laugh at everybody and make fun of the world. It doesn't say make fun at, of the world. It says, I will laugh at the world. And this chapter basically reinforces how Laughter is such a strong, positive thing. Having a positive emotion is such a powerful thing because, you know, if you can laugh through a difficult time, you've already won, you know? And once again, that's one of the things that a lot of us forget is not everything is as serious as we think it is. <laughs> I mean, I look back on the person that I was in, you know, like high school. Yo, if I could go back to her and be like, listen, girlie, <laughs> that test tomorrow isn't going to define your life. That 
homework assignment that you freaking stressing yourself out about you know i think back on on certain times that i lost sleep at night and i can't even remember what the project was you know it's so insignificant and if i could just laugh at that and be like well okay clearly i didn't really have anything to freak myself out over i would have been a lot happier <laughs> So this chapter just teaches you the joy and pleasure of freaking finding fun in everything. Well, not in everything. I mean, there are some serious things that we should honor. But yeah, basically, laugh at the world and you are good to go. Next up, we have gone chapter 15 and scroll number 8. And this is about today I will multiply my value by a hundredfold. So I get it. First off, when I read that, I was like, what? Okay. <laughs> what does that mean? Um, but basically, initially in the chapter, they talk about certain things like how something as basic as a sheep's hair, you know, goes through a process of becoming, you know, first it's shorn from the sheep. Then you weave it into wool and then the wool makes something phenomenal like a jersey that will keep you warm. So that's basically what it's saying is look at your skills that you've got, your value in the world that you have to add and multiply it. See how you can multiply that a hundredfold. So, you know, get familiar with your skills. Say I've got X, Y, Z that I can do. How can I improve on X, Y, Z? What can I do to improve my own value? And how can I better that value to serve my goal? So, yeah, guys, it's just freaking awesome. Next up, chapter 16, we've got scroll number nine. And this is so important. It's so important. Um, if you've listened to my episode, my book club episode about the secret, this was something that initially I struggled with the secret, thinking that, you know, you can't just think, you have to do. And what this scroll teaches you is I will act now now this chapter actually opens with a super powerful sentence one that kind of kicks you in the nuts and you're just like what <laughs> what what does that mean but i'm going to read this first sentence to you and you can see why my initial reaction was like okay well fine then just screw my dreams but anyways it says my dreams are worthless my plans are dust my goals are impossible so initially, straight off the bat, I'm just like, whoa, except for your whoa. <laughs> Don't be telling me how I'm going to be the world's greatest salesman only to take it away and tell me that my dreams are worthless. Like, what is that about? But then the next sentence explains if Abigail would only read on. And the next sentence says, all are of no value unless they are followed by action. I will act now. And that is so important you know because oh, all of us are beautiful dreamers all of us have a goal all of us have something that we want to achieve in our lives but those awesome beautiful dreams will never be achieved unless we act on them unless we go forth and you know put into motion our plans to achieve said goal so yeah finally we've got scroll number 10 and in the scroll, it says the, 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 the message of the scroll is that I will pray for guidance. 
so yeah in this book it does reference god and jesus and all of that kind of jazz but you know tell if that's not your jam pray to whomever it is if that's yourself if that's the universe if that is god cool ask for guidance ask you know your mentor for guidance but don't ask for anything else from life that's what this chapter kind of zooms in on is don't go asking for handouts don't ask for you know don't ask for your goals to be achieved ask for the guidance to make them achievable and i think that's really important so if you can brush over the spiritual aspect it's actually a really, really good thing. You need to ask for guidance and focus on getting guidance from the right places. So yeah, in short, that's basically what all of the 10 scrolls are about and the book is about for me. You know, it wasn't so much the, the story, but it was really cool to see all of those lessons that were taught in the scrolls and why I loved them all so much. So the next section of this podcast, obviously, is... <laughs> what i loved about this book which i just told you but yeah so for me i love the teachings um and i found that they weren't only good for you know being the world's greatest salesman they're just really good teachings for living a good and fruitful life so i really really just all of those lessons in there they just basically make a good human <laughs> what i didn't dig about the book is the bible bits now also, I've mentioned in the podcast a few times that I am a preacher's child. So obviously, like my whole life, I've been in a biblical kind of setting and environment. So that I didn't, I didn't really like that about the book. Um, but I could live with it because it wasn't like scripture centric. You know, it wasn't completely focused on the word and the bible and this and no 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 there were like little references to god in the bible and jesus and so on and such and i appreciated that it wasn't like a fully fledged christian book if that's your jam once again if you love reading scripture books and christian books and you only shop at kum books cool that's you that's your jam whatever being raised in a house like that i'm kind of over it <laughs> So yeah, it's not my jam. Whatever. Different strokes for different folks, right? But yes, finally, we're going to take a look at how this book actually affected my life. And in short, it made me look at habits that I really need. So it made, it made me focus on things that I should be trying to better within my life. For example, being the master of my emotions or greeting each day with love you know they're difficult things that you won't always really like hearing or being told that you need to implement in your life but they all such good lessons just for being a nice person you know or living a fruitful life as i've been saying the whole time but yeah guys give it a read um i think you can get this book on most you know book sites or in bookshops or whatnot but yes Give it a read, The Greatest Salesman in the World by O.G. Mandino. And for all of y'all who chomping at the bit for our next book club book, I'm so excited about this one, but I've decided to make 
Think Like a Monk by Jay Shetty, our next book club book. Um, so yeah, give that a read. Join me and all of that jazz. But anyways, guys, I will see you next week. It's been a pleasure as always. If you want to find me during the week, you can do so on Instagram, which is six underscore minute underscore abs. You can send me a Twitter, which is six minute abs. You can send me a Gmail, which is six minute abs at gmail.com. Or you can go check out the blog, which is six minuteabs.com. And yeah, guys, I hope that everyone's having a safe and blessed festive season. And I will catch you all later. So bye. <laughs>